Welcome to Will to Power. In this episode, I'm excited to speak to Dr. John J. Kush. He has been coined to be the Elon Musk of the fitness industry and with his inventions of the X3 device and OsteoStrong, he has potential of completely revolutionizing the fitness industry. We talk about everything from his inventions um, to entrepreneurship and how we can generally make the world healthier and a better place. Well, Sebastian, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is John Jaquish. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we practiced before the show how <laughs> to say my name because most people get it wrong. Uh, I think they, they see it and they want to put some sort of foreign spin on it, but it's as American yeah. as it gets. It was a French name. It was De Jacques. And they changed it to Jaquish to make it sound more American. Now, they, they did not do a very good job because it does not sound American at all. But uh, that's that's okay with me because uh, anybody with my last name, I know exactly kind of where they are, who they came from, and how they're related to me. Because uh, basically the name's like 200 years old. So um, first, and yeah, I'll get into this. I know, I know you'll think of some questions as, as we go on. Uh, I got into life sciences uh, through my mother's osteoporosis. She was diagnosed with osteoporosis. And then I, uh, I wanted her, you know, I, I didn't want it to limit her life. And she said to me when she came home from the doctor, she was really upset. And she said, I can't garden anymore. I can't go hiking anymore. I can't play tennis anymore. And you, you never want to see your parents hurting. So, uh, probably a little too young to experience that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, like when you think your parents are invincible when you're a kid, and then when you see them not, not doing that great, you know, later on, or they have some sort of problem and you realize, wow, like that could really be limiting to their life. It hurts. You don't, you don't like hearing that or seeing that. So I researched the dysfunction. I didn't know anything about it at the time and I researched the dysfunction. And I said, this is a dysfunction of deconditioning and anything that's deconditioned can become reconditioned. So, you know, it's not like cancer. That's not a dysfunction of deconditioning. That's, you know, uh, the cells just growing out of control in your body. So what, what I did was looked for the outliers, like who has the greatest bone density? And it just so happened that research uh, had been done to identify that population. It was very obvious. It was gymnasts because of the rate at which they hit the ground. They sometimes hit the ground at 10 times their own body weight. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Like nobody lifts <laughs> 10 times their body weight. So we can absorb great amounts of force in very specific positions. But if you depart from those specific positions, so like in the upper body, I don't know how many listen list podcasts versus watch it, but this is the position you land if you're to trip and fall. So there's a 120 degree angle between the upper and lower arm. And the back of my hand is in line with my clavicle. Anybody who falls wants to absorb or conversely create the greatest amount of force in that position. I can give an example with a push-up. When your nose is against the ground when you're doing a push-up, that's the hard part of the push-up. 
But when your arms are almost, you know, extended, like I was, I was just showing, the push-up becomes very easy. And so what I did was determining after building the medical device and re reversing my mother's osteoporosis, like within 18 months, she had the bones of a 30 year old. So she went on and did everything she wanted to do. She went hiking and played tennis and was gardening and doing everything she used to do. But then I started a clinic with 400 people, uh, 400 uh, users of the, of the therapy device. And uh, now it's grown to 150 locations. The franchise wow. clinic is called OsteoStrong. We're in eight different countries. Where are you? I'm in Germany. Okay. We don't have one in Germany yet. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, oh. I wanted to do a deal with Mrs. Sporty, uh, which is uh, a big German chain. At least it was a couple years ago. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, it's kind of like a women's only gym. Now, osteoporosis affects women more than it does men but men are still affected it was kind of the wrong venue so there will be a uh a german master licensee that's how it works with franchises you get somebody to run the whole country and then you start putting franchises in germany so like we have the united kingdom we have uh denmark we have india i won't remember all australia uh, i won't remember all of them iceland I'm trying, but I won't. Uh, I'll yeah, leave well, one out and then somebody will be mad at me. Yeah. So um, It's a good sign that there are too many to name them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I that as I moved forward, uh, there was a clinical trial that was done in London. And I was there for observational purposes, but I, I authored the methods section of the paper. So for conflict of interest reasons, I can't be in the middle of a study about a product that I invented, right? Yeah. They don't allow that. But I wrote the instructions, the method section. So not just how to use the machine, but like what population to pick and what variables would qualify or disqualify subjects from being in the study. And uh, when doing this, I went and observed the study. And so these doctors that were at this, uh, the hospitals right next to University of East London, that's where the principal investigator was from. They say to me, like, we seem to be pushing a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were using like seven, eight, nine times their body weight. <laughs> How does this compare with the weights that people like us would normally engage in? And they were sort of a random sample of the general population. And so I went and looked for a random sample of the general population. It just so happens that the National Institute of, it's Institute of Health keeps the NAIN's database. So the NAIN's database keeps all kinds of health information for, I think this year, it's, they add 2,000 people a year, but they were over 20,000 a couple of years ago. So, uh, so you get to look at 20,000 data sets with different individuals and what their outputs are in, uh, in a gym environment. Also body fat and all, all kinds of other metrics, blood pressure, whatever. So um, I looked at these people, what they lived. So the average of what people lived is 1.3 to 1.53 multiples of their body weight through their lower extremities. But we had yeah. people lifting seven, eight, nine times. Obviously, as you said, like with the push-up, when you can exert the force at the top, and the same is with a bench press and the typical right. gym environment. 
You get it. Right. Right. Like, did you, did you read, did you make it all the way through my book? Yeah. You, I've actually, I can kind um, of tell. And done um, as well the couple interviews. And oh, sure. I, I was greatly struck by, like, yeah, of course, there's a backstory from Austria Strong and you coming from there. And you already told in other interviews that kind of a chain of um, ideas that came to your mind led yeah. to this conclusion. But it's still, it's such an enormous breakthrough. If, right. And I think that's really difficult for people to actually um, get into their minds because, yeah, the fitness industry is so great. But it's as well, you can tell from those samples you just spoke about that. Yeah. Um, and you wrote about that in your book too. This obviously isn't working that great. Right. Like the fitness industry is the big industry. Yeah. But who's succeeding? Like in the, in the States, one out of six males over the age of 18 are taking or have taken anabolic steroids. One out of six. Wow. Who's really fit? Maybe one out of 60,000. Like it's pretty rare to be like muscular and lean. And I mean, it, um, but it kind of makes sense when there's kind of this desperation to get in shape, but nobody can achieve it. So then you take other measures. But see, even though my point is, even the ones taking drugs fail. Yeah. I mean, with, with rare exception. And it's actually, there's a genetic reason, which I can get into later, which I think is probably one of the most fascinating things in the book. And I put that at the very end. <laughs> I think a lot of people were really tired of reading science by the time they got to the last chapter. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just kind of thumbed through it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a scientific text. I, I tried to make it interesting and readable for, for most people. But I think once people got to like the first four chapters, they're like, I'm just ready to start, uh, you know, what this Dr. J guy does. And uh, yeah, I'll read all this other stuff later. And then they never get to it. But the fitness is maybe the most failed human endeavor. Like so many people engage in it, yet so many people look exactly the same year after year after year. 23, this is maybe the fifth uh, maybe the fifth reference I had in the book, I keep quoting it, so I probably ought to count which one it really is. Um, but what, what it says is that only 23% or 23 of people when engaging in weight training can, cannot create any muscle protein synthesis at all. In any way, so twenty three percent. Yeah, that's like total failure. And yeah, they, they're like they're they're just yeah. absolutely wasting their time. They're going to get nothing out of it. And honestly, I've been training for almost half a year, and I have to admit, I haven't really now right. seen that much of results. And so, of course, and your story is exactly like everybody else's. Yeah. Now, what most people do, uh, especially younger guys, thinner guys. They go and they try to bulk up. So they just eat garbage. <laughs> they eat like pizza. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then they get fat and they're like, oh, I'm getting stronger every day. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just fat. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's, that's sad, but <laughs> that's out of frustration and desperation. And then they might try performance enhancing drugs, which also don't help them. Let me explain why this is going on. So 
the big genetic difference is not hormonal. In fact, only one person since we've discovered hormonal advantages through basically cheating at sports, but you know, like the world doping association, world anti-doping association, um, only one person has been removed because of their natural levels. Now, a lot of people have been removed because they just cheated. But one person was a woman from Africa, and she just had a super high level of testosterone. And they're like, you can't compete. Like, it's yeah. just totally unfair. And so, uh, yeah, she, she and I, I don't remember what she had three or four times, like the normal amount. For a But that's quite incredible. Right. Yeah. It's incredible, but it's only, this only happened to one person ever. So the hormonal differences are not somebody with good genetics. Here's the genetic difference. So when you look at like the pectoral insertion, so here's my pectoral, it naturally inserts right underneath the bicep and it pulls on this bone, the humerus toward the body, right? Yeah. So Some and just about everybody has it right here at uh, right underneath the beginning of the bicep, but some people have it down here underneath the bicep at the other end of the bone, and they have that same tendon layout all over the body in every muscle, which means they have more leverage on getting that bone cross body, which means uh -huh. they're going to be able to build strength a lot easier because they have a stronger, weaker range. So these people are at a, I'd call it a slight advantage compared to what we know right now, what, compared to what's in that book. Because once you train with variable resistance, especially at a high level of variable resistance, you've taken that genetic advantage away from those people. Yeah, And everybody's exactly. equal. Everybody's exactly equal. So uh, you know, now when you look at like American football players and how strong they are and do they have good genetics? Yeah. Yeah, they do. But when you look at what, what you know, the product I developed X3, now everybody has that advantage and they can put on musculature like that. So um, that, that like changing that leverage dynamic was really the biggest the biggest key difference between like lifting a weight or training with a very high ratio, um, wide ratios is probably what it should be called, uh, variable resistance. So as in a low weight to be easier on joints and a super high weight when you're at extension so that you are loading the body in accordance to its biomechanical capacities. Because it really like you want to exercise to your capacity The way we do it now, and I'm sure you know who Dr. Peter, Peter Atiyah is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he said a while ago, uh, but it was right about the time I, I started this, was um, he said, I don't really like weight training because it overloads joints and underloads muscle. Perfectly stated. Because that's not, that's not good. I mean, it's that you get chronic joint damage from that. So like you see people who have been heavy bench pressing for years and you know, all of a sudden they can't even hold a coffee cup and they're in so much pain and you think they're training anymore. No way. Yeah. So they just wear out their bodies in, you know, whatever, five years of lifting 
And now they're just guys who sit in a chair and have tears come out of their eyes when they go to get up out of the chair because they're in so much pain. Um, yeah, especially when they, they weigh more, but the joints don't get stronger. So you kind of have more weight to lift yourself. Right. And, right. Yeah. and strengthening joints, coincidentally, according to uh, the study, Benjamin and Ralph's 1999, by putting more force on the joint in its axial or close to axial position when the joint is straight as opposed to bent, that that will actually strengthen the tendons and ligaments. Yeah. Whereas regular weightlifting doesn't do that. So you're getting stronger joints. You're not able to injure your joints. And the musculature is getting much more force. Now, of course, what we know about testosterone is it makes perfect sense with every system in the body. When, when you get uh, the, the real issue with testosterone is not how much you have in your body. It's how much receptor site activity there is because you want receptors of testosterone to absorb the testosterone. If they don't, then, you know, it'll just kind of go through you or you'll get you know, side effects. It will attack, it'll just convert to DHT and estrogen and all kinds of stuff. So... Uh -huh. Yeah, all kinds of stuff that's not beneficial. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So the amount of testosterone and like, so I've been on testosterone replacement therapy uh, since I was 28 years old. It, it put maybe within a year, it put maybe one pound of muscle on me. Like replacement means replacement. So it's not an advantage. But as soon as I developed the X3, I put on 30 pounds in the first year. And that was after turning 40 years old. Yeah, that's incredible. Right. Yeah. Like, that's like, people are like, that's my life's dream to put on 30 exactly. pounds. Exactly. I did yeah. that in a year. And I, and I had the testosterone the whole time since I was 28. But after I turned 40, I, I had the X3 and, you know, muscles just, like, I got stretch marks on my body because I was growing so fast at 40. Yeah. So, and that doesn't happen to anybody, drugs or not. Like, that's just unheard of. And it's because the stimulus is superior and then there's no joint damage to limit me going further. So when I wake up in the morning, I feel just as good as I did when I was 18. Like, no joint pain, no nothing. But every muscle is bigger. And, and coincidentally, I'm getting leaner. I, I do have some nutritional advantages there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, could, could we dive a bit into these? And especially what I'm curious about, um, how it reflects on um, if you're younger. I remember you had an Instagram post or a story on um, the nutrition of babies um, and, and babies lifting or small kids. But how would this reflect on nutrition? Well, I mean, your biochemistry just changes a little bit. And like histamine is an amino acid that you need <clears throat> when you're like a really young, like an infant. Yeah. But you don't really need it later on. And histamine is in like everything. So uh, like it doesn't even need fermentation. So uh, you, can, you can get it. But, the, you know, the rest of the essential amino acids, they need fermentation. Humans are supposed to eat rotting material. Like you think if you and I were in like, I don't know, some tribe or you know, like a Viking tribe and we were, you know, going, you know, walking down the road and we saw, you know, a, a mammoth and we had to go kill it. We might hunt it for a couple of days, you know, throwing spears in it, throwing rocks at its feet, trying to break its bones, yeah. 
Finally, this thing tips over and we get to eat it. We have a feast. And then by like the third day, we were eating that rotting carcass. Like we'd be eating, we'd be like flicking the maggots off the meat, right? I mean, it's just yeah. it's real. That's how it works. And then that's when we would get the best quality protein because that fermentation is like the most efficient protein the human body can absorb. But obviously for sanitation reasons, we don't do that. We don't eat anything that's rotting. I mean, maybe some, some people drink a little kombucha, but it's in the wrong ratios and everything like that. It's not and that's mostly sugar at the end. Yeah, yeah, right. And they load it with sugar because yeah. fermentation doesn't taste good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, you 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 would put up with it while you're eating meat because you knew you needed to eat the meat to keep from dying. You know, like life used to suck. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I, I think it's really funny when you talk to somebody who talks about how miserable it is on earth. And I'm like, I wish I could put this guy back like 5,000 years. See yeah. how he does. Mm -hmm. So uh, with the better nutrition and the, and the better stimulus, like it's re really simple to have, the body that everybody wants and everybody says they, they want, not everybody, but most people are like, well, I want a custom program tailored for my goals. It's like, mm. shut up, man. Nobody walks in and says, yeah. I want to be fatter and weaker. Well, maybe stronger leader. That's Who right. <laughs> Every person wants exactly the same thing. You don't need a customized program. Yeah. Uh, so unless you want to be fatter and weaker and then just do what everyone else does, go to McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I'm really, I'm thrilled that it wasn't a complicated formula. It's just, once you get the nutrition, right. Once you get a superior training stimulus, you just grow. And, and that gives you incredible advantages for losing body fat. Also, like you will get rid of body fat very quickly if you're training in this manner. And there's, there's, um, a stabilization firing of muscle issue. And this was some research that I did uh, myself and my co-author, Henry Alkire, we did a meta-analysis. Um, and for those who don't know what a meta-analysis is, that's like all the research on one subject combined into one study to sort of get an average to understand and then explain or attempt to explain the differences between like the studies that had a good response and maybe no response or a negative response. And so I did a, I did a meta-analysis on reflexive firing of muscle and then reflexive firing of muscle with load added. So the more stabilization you have, the more your body needs to fire muscle to keep you stabilized, the higher your growth hormone goes. And the way growth hormone goes, it, it's a very jagged line, really a lot of peaks and valleys. You, you kind of have a burst of it. And when you work out with a weight that's, you know, maybe sort of heavy here, but super heavy here, a weight that you could normally never get above your head, well, then your core is just jackhammering with contraction, trying to keep you balanced, to keep you from like tipping over and dropping the, the force. So that then accelerates fat loss because growth hormone goes up and assists in, in lipolysis. So we see people losing body fat very quickly, gaining muscle very quickly. 
Yeah, it sounds quite exciting. And I've kind of gotten into the thought process of if this could be expanded, what value it could have for as well, not only the actual fitness community that are well already into this, but the whole population. And yeah. since it's obvious that we have a huge problem with obesity and right. um, all kinds of illnesses that come with that. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because the people that I target, like when I buy advertising, I'm actually looking for busy professionals. I'm not looking for bad workers. Yeah. And the reason is most of those busy professionals know weightlifting is a waste of time already. That's why they don't do it. They did it when they were younger. They did it in college and they're like, yeah, I put on some muscle, but ended up being sore all the time. And, you know, my shoulder still doesn't work right or whatever. And so like, yeah, I'm just interested in something else. That doesn't mean they're disinterested in having an athlete's physique. It just means they didn't believe it was possible for them. But once they see a different approach, then they're like, well, absolutely. Like you can survey males in Germany or males in the United States. Not every country is the same, but Germany and the United States have one thing in common. We love strength. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, I've been to FIBA before. Uh, have you ever been to FIBA? <laughs> nah. Uh, you, you know what it is. Um, not exactly. Right oh, it's uh, it's in um, Dusseldorf, and it is um, it's a it's a fitness convention that has uh, all kinds of booths and and uh, there's different bodybuilding classes going on, like classes of competition going on in like all the different rooms. It's a, a huge convention center in, in Dusseldorf. It's the biggest one in Germany, and uh, and so when you go there, like you just like you can't believe there's that many. First of all, you can't believe there's that many Germans that are interested in fitness. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, I didn't even know there were this many Germans. Like it's, <laughs> well, it's crazy how many people go to that to that conference. And so like, you know, you could go and, and survey German citizens, German males and, and American males, and you get the same answer. Like if there were a better way to exercise, uh, you know, and you could look like, like a professional athlete, like you always wanted to when you were a kid, would you do it? And all the people who have like lost interest in that kind of thing, they immediately they're like, yeah, I would do it. Exactly. And yeah. the last bunch would even like when their best friend suddenly comes in with a six pack and they're immediately. Oh, yeah. So exactly. yeah, that could be a great um, kind of um, looping effect that yeah. takes over now. What I thought about, um, of course, they're from the general fitness industry, for example, myself, I like, you've been talking about how cardio might not be even that beneficial as people think since yeah. um, spiking cortisol and which leads yeah. to the storage of body fat. Yeah. Um, for example, for myself, I always really enjoy like long bike rides and in sense of cardio because I always thought it would be as well beneficial. And I see that many people, I think, wouldn't really like the idea of, oh, only 10 minutes a day. Um, this is kind of boring, but um, maybe you could go a bit into how you take NFL and NBA players and vary that. Right. So, so the, we, th thanks for noticing that. We work with a lot of NFL 
and NBA players. And it just so happens that they, they got enticed by the product. I didn't go after any of these guys. They all, they all mm-hmm. came after me. And uh, the like injury reduction. Like if you can just keep me from injuring, like the average life of an NFL player is three years. Because wow. they get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Their professional that's, athlete career is on average three years. And that's like a couple of concussions in one season. Yeah. Wow. And for, for many of them, it's like their whole life. And that's yeah. important. Yeah. Right. And so if they can get another year or two out of out of their, their playing, it, I mean, it means millions of dollars. And so they'll do anything for that and uh they don't they're not put off by the 10 minutes because they know that it's the efficiency of muscular stimulus has to do with intensity well intensity the more intense something is the less you can do it like you can't lift heavy weight for an hour right yeah you're gonna do or or sprint (laughs) You can do a 40-yard sprint really fast. Okay, now let's go do the 400-yard, but do it just as fast. And they're like, that's impossible. I can't. Like, I can do the first 40 yards the same way I did the other 40 yards, but after that, I'm going to slow down, like, massively. So, so they know that whatever the ultimate stimulus is, like, my point is, like, they've learned a lot about sports science. So they're not like the typical gym person. The typical gym person doesn't really know very much. And most of what they know is wrong. So um, you get, you get a a person who knows that they're going to get a superior stimulus. And then what I tell them is just, just follow it exactly how the video shows you to do it. Like don't go and invent your own way of doing it. Uh, Now they still need to do all their drills for American football or for basketball, because like what they do on the field <coughs> has a component of raw power and, and, and injury resistance, but there's also a component of skill. Like, so it's not like they can skip practice. Cause like, I get that question. Like I said, these guys, you know, they're only using X3 and like, Oh yeah, they're not doing their drills. And I'm like, why well, didn't say that? Like, for strength, they're Maybe it's, it's so awesome that I couldn't stop. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, uh, I, I have right now, there's like 40 professional athletes that I did not pay. And that includes like Andre Drummond, who's one of the greatest NBA players ever. Yeah. Uh, he plays for the Pistons, the Detroit Pistons. Um, I don't expect you to know that team, but uh, it's a big team, big basketball team in, uh, in the States. So when these, these guys, like they, they've just opted for a safer, more effective strength training program and they're getting stronger and they're improving their joints and they're not injury. In fact, right now out of the 40 athletes we have, I don't think we have a single injured guy since they started using X3. And then the the Miami Heat, you probably saw the back of the team, uh, back of the book, the Miami Heat endorsed the book and basketball teams and football teams, they don't let you use their name like hardly ever. They made a big exception. Uh, Cause normally you'd have to say like a professional basketball team from Miami. You couldn't mm-hmm. say Miami heat. Yeah. It's difficult. And especially since this is really um, 
open and new. Um, yeah, the, it always has kind of this distance since if something is wrong, I don't want to be associated. But that's right. a lot of confidence, sure. Right, right. Because they saw what happened to their players. Their players yeah. were all healthier, faster. A lot of speed increases with uh, with the methods and uh, the equipment. So, yeah, like they they and they didn't even expect that. They, all they wanted to do was just reduce the chance of injury. And they're like, I'm faster than ever. Most of the time, these these professional strength athletes and NBA is in a special category because they're so tall that a joint injury can end their career. Yeah. Uh, so most of these guys, as soon as they sign their contract, they never do any real strength training again, because if they get injured strength training, they lose their contract. And it says that right in the contract. If you, you hurt yourself outside of playing a game, like you're not covered and you're not getting paid. So they, they don't want to do anything that's going to put their contract in danger. So they basically quit strength training. They do a little light stuff. But uh, when people ask me, was it hard to get the Miami Heat from using weights? I'm like, they really didn't do a lot with weights anyway. Like, Matt. those guys get hurt, career's over. They're not going to do that. The, the coaches don't want to do that either. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's like as well, really unfortunate since um, it's the same with osteoporosis that when you do nothing, that's when the problem develops, yeah. especially when they're so active. Yeah. Completely. No, that's great. And looking into the future, um, since you've as well, I can just um, aspire everyone to, I think you can just um, go to x3bar.com and mm -hmm. look into it um and there's um the x3 bar then osteo strong and as well some really interesting supplements and yeah they're different yeah the, uh, yeah there's nothing nothing that i'm advocating that's standard because everything that's standard doesn't work And I don't yeah. think that's just a, it's not a conspiracy. It's not like supplement companies wanted to rip people off. They just don't really know what they're doing. Like there's not a scientific approach anywhere. Even like you know, there's books that use the word science in them about physical training. And you read the book and it's like, yeah, you left the science out. Yeah. I think evidence-based is like the, the standard now for everything. You can just slap it on something and then it's, Right. It isn't necessarily true. I mean, look at the virus. Look at the virus that we're talking about. It's like people are making decisions and it's like, so what science yeah. did you use to come up with that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what science. Yeah. None. Yeah. Well, um, often other interests play in there. And I think, therefore, it's really interesting that you like literally came from um, no background of fitness industry at all. But what really, um, because of course, even though you had a problem with your mom, but how, how could you ever take this huge step since this um, would have to take a lot of courage to just go from, I think you were even an undergraduate to start such an um, yeah, endeavor. Yeah. I was getting my master's. So I was only second, uh. second degree, but it, it, yeah, it was... 
there's a couple of things and I know you you touch on sort of entrepreneurship and decision making and sort of fear holding people back and uh, I, I would imagine it's impossible to study something like this so I, I gotta go to my guess there's probably for every great idea that becomes real there's probably 50 other people with great ideas but they're too afraid to fail mm. so they never go forward and I just said um, I said to my friends who were all like you know because I started with the medical device and they're like you're going to be arguing with doctors and I was like 28 yeah. and I'm like yeah and <laughs> you know they're like yeah they're not going to like you and they're going to want to prove you to be a fool and I'm like yeah but I'm not I know what I'm talking about and they just don't know about it yet and so, like, once I get the opportunity to get in front of these guys for maybe half an hour, they'll totally get it and be advocates for it. I just got to get to the point where I show them, like, what, what this really is. And so they were like, okay, well, you, well the way you break it down, they said, this is my friend's talking to me. Mm -hmm. They would say the way you're you're breaking that down, that doesn't sound so intimidating. It's not. Like if you know you're right and you know the standard approach isn't wrong, but it's not that great, they'll listen. You just have to get really good at getting their attention and talking to them. And I did. You know, part of the reason I, I did my PhD. Well, it's really the only reason I did my PhD was because I invented the device before doing my PhD. I did the PhD because I wanted to be able to communicate in writing in an academic manner. And the ability to write like that is why we just published in uh, the top aerospace publication. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago. You probably didn't know about this, but uh, you know, so, so um, there, there were NASA officials involved in the study and they said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, they said, if we could, condense the device down to a shoebox size, size and volume, not an actual shoebox, but uh, then this would be very promising for reversing bone loss and increasing muscular strength during extended space flights. And why are they looking at this? Because we want to go to Mars. Wow, yeah, I've never thought about this in um, from coincidence, but of course there's like the even yeah. greater than we have here. Wow. So, you know, we've been working on the sort of Mars project for a couple of years now. And uh, now that we have the data and the results that are out, and it was different than any of the study because we looked at turnover markers in the blood, which is much more accurate than uh, the standard testing, which is two, it's like two x-rays at the same time. It's called dual x-ray absorbiometry, DEXA is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the blood test is much more accurate because you can see what's happening in the bone like at, at the minute. And um, that study was profound and the recommendation to NASA was incredible. So here we are at work uh, getting the uh, get, getting ready for an extended space flight. I mean, I'm not going, but uh, the astronauts are going to benefit from a high level of bone density, a high level of strength. And, uh, and 
then it's just up to the guys protecting them from radiation. By the way, we all have this idea, like you watched Star Wars when you were a kid, right? Definitely. Yeah. You're right. I, mean, I do too. Huge Star Wars fan. It will never be like that. There will never be space travel like that. Space is so destructive to an organism that was born on a planet. I mean, I assume maybe there's some organism that didn't need a planet to be born on. Mm -hmm. uh, just not taking that off the table, but humans, humans just begin to be destroyed rapidly when leaving the Earth's gravitational fall, uh, uh, pull and being surrounded by like deadly radiation everywhere. Radiation is everywhere in space and our atmosphere protects us from it. And so, you know, when you really look at that, like your, your motivation for humans to go to space is like, mm, like it's pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like everything out there that cannot go away is killing us when we're there. So I, uh, I appreciate the astronauts who really want to make that adventure to Mars uh, because it's going to hurt. Well, at least they can keep their muscle now. Yeah, keep them and, and the bone. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we're we're gonna we're gonna do something that's gonna be profound for them. And you know, all these uh, the shielding problem can also be solved from the radiation, but you're gonna need to build the vehicle uh, outside of the atmosphere. That's the only way to solve the weight problem. You just bring it up a piece at a time, because um, the the spacecraft needs to be made out of basically lead and getting something through the atmosphere required because the weight requires incredible amounts of fuel and fuel in, in rockets that we have now is all solid state fuel. So it's one and done. Like you, you can't land on a planet and just take off again. Yeah. Not a thing. So it's going to be tough. Well, who knows what Elon Musk and Cole can come up with. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. but talking about um, such moonshots, what would you see is like, um, could come in the future since you've kind of really disrupted or will disrupt fitness with this, um, what do you see coming next? Oh, with, with my work, with what I'm doing? Yeah. Oh. I got a lot of things that are, that are on the way. Uh, sort of better and easier to understand diagnostic devices so we can understand what's going on in the human body in a much better way where we can get more usable information. And uh, the, 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 one of the greatest things about, about OsteoStrong was that you could see what's going on. Like somebody who would be putting appropriate loads on the bone mass, but wouldn't be gaining bone. Mm, probably like 99 out of a hundred people who had that problem. Mm -hmm. I knew immediately they had a thyroid problem and thyroid problems don't get diagnosed. Like they get missed for years, sometimes 20 years. Somebody has a thyroid dysfunction. They don't know it. So like the moment you see that at an osteostrong, it's like, you should probably see your physician and get your thyroid levels checked. And of course they do. And they're like, yeah, my thyroid was totally screwed up. Now that's nutritional and lack of yeah. sunlight and stuff like that. That's just modern lifestyles 
destroying our bodies, but um, it's pretty fixable. Like if somebody has a dysfunctional thyroid, there's there's medication and you can recover activity of thyroid through through nutrition. But like so, the goal of my company is is it's physical medicine advancement. It's getting the body to fix itself, as opposed to pharmaceutical medicine, where it's fixing dysfunctions via a chemical that's not found in nature. I think that's step two. Like you got to get the body to try and fix itself first. If that doesn't work, then you can look to pharmaceutical. Uh, solutions. So, <clears throat> yeah, we, we kind of got that backwards right now. Right, right. Well, well, the first step, or you know, the physical medicine step, what I'm working on is kind of ignored, and I think it's because um, fitness in general and nutrition in general has not really had much leadership, and it has ignored science since its beginnings. So, like, you know, why doesn't your doctor tell you to like? follow bodybuilding and get involved in that is because they know most of it's most is out there is like performance enhancing drugs and nonsense workouts that hurt people and you know sometimes you see somebody like Dwayne Johnson who says he eats 10,000 calories a day no he doesn't like either his publicist or himself is just trying to get some attention putting an outlandish story I mean do you know what story I'm talking about Uh, not exactly, but I've I've heard of enough of these claims. Right, like he eats 10 pounds of codfish a day. Like, no, you don't. You don't okay. eat 10 pounds. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. Like, that's just not something a human's going to do or can do. So, yeah, that's that the fitness industry is 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 just terrible. Um, mm. and the recommendations are bad. There's no science there. And uh, healthcare and fitness should work hand in hand, but they don't because physicians, first of all, they don't study fitness. Second of all, they see what's out there and they know it to be false. So they see like recommendations like the cardio recommendation. It's like you're chronically upregulating cortisol. You're going to get fatter and lose muscle by doing that. And so they just kind of roll their eyes and walk away. So I just don't know how that fits into what they do, but somebody needs to bring those two worlds together. And uh, also I think part of what we call healthcare is really disease care. And Germany's the same. The United Kingdom is the same. The United States is the same. We, we go to help people when it's almost too late, you know, when they're already screwed up. Why don't we keep them from getting screwed up? Look at with, with the virus, all the people with metabolic syndrome, all the obese people, they have the cards stacked against them. Like they're more likely to die. And exactly. instead, of, instead of world governments saying everybody should just get in better shape and then they're much more protected, it's like they didn't say any of that. In fact, you get a vaccine in the United States and you get free donuts every day. Yeah, for a year. I saw that. Mm. unbelievable so like the, the people who came up with that idea should be set on fire yeah i've as well um lately um been to the hospital myself and i had like to really argue with physicians that i don't get served sweets and it was like pretty crazy how how far off we are yeah and it's kind of really difficult to fight this mass ideology Since, of course, if you tell someone, hey, 
you can have this sugar and whatever you're craving for your addiction. Otherwise, then just shut up and um, stop eating that. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, but um, that makes it even more important such missions as you are on. And yeah, yeah you've been talking about the work of um, Sean Baker, right. whom I will be having on as well. Good. And yeah, that's, I think, really interesting to spread and important right now. Yeah. When it comes to Baker, ask him some questions about uh, sustainable farming, because that's big in Germany. Yeah. Like, you know, there's only, there's every inch of Germany is developed. Like you don't have a lot of like big forests that no, like nobody knows what's in them. Like we have that in the States. So efficiency of land use is a much, uh, much more important topic in Germany. And so like, I think you're listening to people want to hear. Yeah. And so like yeah. <laughs> get Baker to explain that. Cause he's got some great answers of what you know, the, the, the real way of doing it is of course only eating meat and then having a rootstock under underneath your grass it's 15 feet long you know, like the roots should be longer than the grass profoundly and they're not because of the way we farm mm. you know and they're and then if the roots are 15 feet long they're pulling more nutrients and you can chop the grass off when the roots are 15 feet a little bit of water and bang they're like back up ready to be eaten again because <laughs> they got an engine in the ground that's driving growth uh yeah that makes sense yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it, very interesting and like clearly we've made all the wrong decisions <laughs> when it comes to uh, growing grass and feeding livestock, and uh, so he, he'll be he'll be really good. He'll give you a lot of details. Yeah, I think um, Rob Vols as well um, talks about this ex extensively. Um, yeah. How you could manage this, and in Germany we're like really interested in. Um, yeah. yeah, like you said, this landscape um right. i don't know if this is international um knowledge but as the a tesla factory is built near berlin there was yeah. like extreme um just conflict if the forest could be um chopped down yeah right there's not much forest left yeah austria is very similar now fortunately austria has some mountains that nobody really wants to build anything on so the mountains project the trees there, right? I mean, like, and America has that that quality where we have so many mountains that we would never want to develop or farm. It'd be impossible. So those trees are safe. But uh, yeah, like Germany's just completely limited. People have been living in Germany a lot longer than they've been living a lot of other places. So well, that sounds good. Maybe if we get a Austria strong um, right. place, then even longer. So, yeah. Yes, that's right. Well, <laughs> sustainability is a thing with me too. Like when I came up with X3, like a lot of people were like, oh, I'll make a commercial version where there's like a seated, you know, press or something like that for like every movement or pulling movements, it, like a whole array of gym equipment. And I, I was like, that's just junk. Like just have a bar and a place to stand because that, that'll last forever. Number one, I mean, the bands won't, they'll last 10, 20 years, but the bar, 
you can pass that down to your grandkids. <laughs> the place you, the right. plate you stand on, same thing. Totally indestructible. And it's not a lot of materials. So if that's the materials we need, why would we try and make something more elaborate just because it fits better in a gym? I don't think so. I think it's a terrible idea. Well, I guess often um, the truth is not easy, but too simple. Um, and then, yeah. yeah it's so simple, like, people can't get their head around it. Yeah, right? something, something has to be wrong here. Yeah. Right. Hey, Steve Jobs said, there's nothing so complex as simplicity. Yeah, that's true. I like that, that because, yeah, it's, it's yeah. sometimes it's like you look at X3 and it is so simple and so elegant. People are like, well, there's no way that that's what that guy uses, that guy being me. Yeah, it is. You can follow me around with the camera if you want to. I will not be going near any fitness equipment, nor have I. And, uh, yeah, nobody can find – it's really weird. Like, as I have grown in, in, in following, and, and I have over a million followers on Instagram, and you know, it's like somebody would see me sneaking into a gym <laughs> as they accuse me of. Like, never happened. There are no pictures yeah. of me because I don't go in them. Yeah, that would be a fun <laughs> Um, yeah. Experience. Yeah. I'm sure somebody will Photoshop me. In <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's great. So, um, could you recap on where people could find you? Um, so, that's yes. Great. Thank you. So, the um, the best place so I, I create a landing page so people could find me easier. It's just drj.com, D O C T O R, the letter J.com. You can get to my Instagram. My YouTube, uh, um, Facebook, all the links to the products, the Superior Protein, the Superior Exercise with X3, and, and OsteoStrong. It's all there. Yeah, awesome. That makes it really simple. So I'm really excited um, that you sh shared this with the audience. And yeah. I don't know if you have anything last you would like to say. Oh, like you have, yeah, I do. Um, everybody who listens to your show should read Peter Thiel's book uh, from zero to one. It's the best business book I've ever read. And it's more like, it, it is a business book, sort of like Apocalypse Now is a movie about war which it isn't. It's a movie about just the mind and in, in, a, in an extreme situation. So the mindset of that book is basically exactly how I, how I work. And I, when I read that book, I'm like, this book is about me. Like literally every decision was like the, like what I, if people want to know what, you know, what did I do? What did I do to have this big mm -hmm. successful business? Seemingly overnight. Number one, it's never overnight. <laughs> that's, that's just yeah. shit people say. Uh, you know, like uh, they say in Silicon Valley, every overnight success takes eight years. Um, but, you know, like all the little like strategies with intellectual property, with, uh, with getting it in front of the right people, getting it in front of the right audience, testing audiences, things like that. Like that book is exactly 
what I did. And so anybody who's thinking about an idea that they have and they want to turn it into a product or service and offer it to different, different target populations, um, you should read that book. It's great. Uh, great. I, I ordered right away. Um, and I think that's especially important right now because I don't know, it seems to get even more difficult to speak out. Like you have, for example, donuts being served at a vaccine. And then if you just give backlash to that, you're already kind of, I don't oh, know, yeah. fighting a big mob that. No, you're a fascist. Idea. They call you a fascist uh, and a racist too. And I'm like, what does yeah. this have to do with race? Donuts. Nothing. Exactly. Donuts are not a race. Yeah. Yeah. You just shouldn't eat them. Well, people, people like to be offended. And yeah, they that's sure a big do. chance. In Germany too. The same shit is happening in Germany. That's care. true. Yeah. yeah. Well, then we'll fight for the solution. Awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sebastian, thanks. This was great. Yeah.